Real News. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is November 7th, 2018. Oops, 2019. Wow, can you believe I said 2018? It's because I have 2018 on my mind, and I'm going to play a short excerpt from my show from 2018, November 7th. Um, Today is a very interesting day. I came across some uh, letters from Horowitz that have not been reported on. Uh, I am seeing that a lot of things are progressing. And I'm also seeing that um, uh, Twitter, obviously, I know all of you probably saw the article where uh, finally, you know, they, they, they came out more public with it. Because this actually came out in 2018 that the one spy uh, working for Saudi Arabia, uh, working at Twitter, was fired. Uh, but there were another two people that were charged and they arrested the American citizen uh, but the other two are at large, which are Saudi citizens. Um, this indicates that our communications have been infiltrated on the fact of foreign nations uh, infiltrating into those communications. Um, and also validates exactly what Laura Loomer has been saying, uh, that, you know, they lobby and they get people banned. I mean, we did see CARE lobby to try to get President Trump banned um, and to ban a lot of people. And now we saw a lot of people getting banned for uh, speaking the name that they want us to say is the whistleblower. And I see this more and more. The more I see the letters written, uh, you know, even the letter that was written by Horowitz in regards to this matter uh, that was not reported on, I see that um, the notion of uh, painting a target on someone's back to take the heat is even more validated from that. But we had letters going out from uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi asking the president to pass the red flag laws. Of course, they want to disarm the people before the elections. But, you know, the Second Amendment wasn't there just to protect your property if someone trespasses, but being able to bear arms against a government that may have too much power. And the law was created for us to protect ourselves against people like Pelosi, like the Democratic Party today. Uh, so um, it, it, they're really, really um, with their backs up against the wall. We're going to see a lot of stuff come out about Hollywood uh, before anything Um you know, I'm hearing that the juror pool for Roger Stone's um, jury is pretty insane. I mean, there's names like Jennifer Palmieri, who's the former Obama communications director, to be a juror for Roger Stone. Are you kidding me? Like, is this like Gestapo type error or what? This is insane. Now, what I want to do is start off today's show with listening and parsing out a few things uh, that were said at the rally yesterday. But before we get into that, I want you to listen to what Trump derangement syndrome really sounds like. This is Joe. You know, Joe with that dead, uh, you know... Staffer that worked for him, that her mystery, her mystery death has never been solved, right? Closudis, right? 
take a listen to what he has to say with, you know, Mika. Here's the thing. They don't get away with it. He doesn't get away with it. He's going to be impeached. His party lost the biggest landslide vote loss in the history of the United States Republic in 2018 for following him blindly. And then Bevin, get this. Oh, so unpopular. He's so, oh, this had nothing. Bevin was ahead by five percentage points. In the polls before Donald Trump came to the state. Before Donald Trump came to the Donald Trump cost him five and a half, six percentage points by that one rally. Think about it. Think you're Donald Trump. You're waking up this morning and you know Donald. Donald. No, yeah. No, Don, yeah, come here. Okay. Get a little closer but to He likes to say he doesn't watch. But he's Just, watching. Come here, Donald. I know. Okay. Bevan was ahead, son. He was ahead by five points before you went to Kentucky. Right? Look at this. Messed it all up. Donald, Donald, look at that. I know you don't like reading, Donald, but look. So Matt Bevan, R, that stands for Republican. He had 52% before you went and did that rally for him. And you got those poor folks wearing that shirt that said, read the transcript when the piece of paper itself said, this is not a transcript. Donald, this is not working for you. Mm. You should just stay home and watch like those cage fights. Right? Right? Sit down, drink some tang. The, the drink of the astronauts and maybe have some sanky coffee, stir it up. And, and this is what happens after you showed up in Kentucky. Donald, my friend, you lost the state for Republicans. Lost his race. They said. Okay, you heard that? You heard that, right? They're, they're, they're literally going there. Ooh. Really going there. So, you know, what people need to know is that nothing is random and everything is, is there's a plan, right? Everything happens for a reason. I mean, let's just say, Hey, Hey, to all those intelligence officials listening right now and monitoring every single tweet, thread, post an article that are written, scrutinizing the plan. Was the money really worth it, you guys? Because you're about to go down faster than the Titanic. I'm telling you that right now. So let's hop over to listen about elections that Eight I talked switch about. by our president. I, wait, that I talked about exactly a year ago today. Take a listen. He started saying how important the House is. Indeed, the House is very important because now that we don't control the House, we can't rely on any Article One tribunals to be set I was devastated. So plan B went into motion. And that is just glorious. I'm sure everyone out there today was not able to see what was coming. And it was only last week that I said, Wednesday, the day after the elections, we will be popping sealed indictments like confetti. And I think that is going to be coming to fruition as we speak. Rosenstein is on his way with his head hanging down to the White House. 
I am very excited. Now, Matthew Whitaker, I wanted us to listen to a broadcast that CNN did based on Matthew Whitaker's article. Keep in mind, Matthew Whitaker, who now is acting attorney general, actually wrote for CNN. He was literally a legal commentator for them, and he um, directed their Foundation for Accountability and Civic Trust. So let's uh, listen to this quickly. Anyone really believe that story? The Russia investigation continues to widen as federal investigators explore the potential financial ties of President Trump and associates to Russia. Sources tell CNN financial links could offer a more concrete path to any potential prosecution. For the president, that's going too far. He's warned that delving into his businesses is a, quote, violation. Trump has maintained there's no collusion and he has no financial ties to Russia. And I can tell you, speaking for myself, I own nothing in Russia. I have no loans in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Now, one year into this complex probe, the FBI has reviewed financial records related to the Trump organization, the president himself, as well as his family members and campaign associates. CNN has told investigators have combed through the list of shell companies and buyers of Trump-branded real estate properties. They've scrutinized the roster of tenants at Trump Tower in Manhattan, reaching back several years. And officials familiar with the investigation tell CNN special counsel Robert Mueller's team has examined the backgrounds of Russian business associates connected to Trump. From Moscow, it's Miss Universe 2013. Moving back to the 2013 Miss Universe pageant we hosted in Moscow. Thank you to Ara Sagalarov and the Focus Group for their amazing hospitality. CNN could not determine whether the review has included Trump's tax returns. But even investigative leads that have nothing to do with Russia but involve Trump associates are being referred to the special counsel to encourage subjects of the investigation to cooperate. The entire thing has been a witch hunt. President Trump keenly aware of the increased financial focus, regularly denounces the investigation. Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by the media. Trump's team seeking to limit Mueller's investigation. The president's point is that he doesn't want the special counsel to move beyond uh, the scope and outside of its mission. And the president's been very clear, as have uh, his accountants and team, that he has no financial dealings with Russia. And so I think we've been extremely clear on that. Now, let's just, um, that was uh, aired based on the article that Matthew Whitaker wrote. Obviously, we could see they're obsessed with picking and probing anything Trump. Just so you know, whenever the federal government investigates anybody, any organization, any human being, they will find something. There's always something there. Say you complain about, I don't know, some... Let's just say that some company is under investigation. They'll even ding them for not having ADA guidelines on their website and label that as an ADA violation uh, because it's not for the visually hindered correctly done. So keep in mind that what Trump was saying and what Whitaker had written about was that indeed the Mueller investigation has gone too far. 
obviously their obsession with his taxes, needless to say, constantly repeated, we don't know if the taxes are included. We can see that they are picking apart everything Trump. When that aired in August of 2017, I was kind of thinking, so they looked at every single tenant that lived in Trump Tower going back years. I mean, this is just ridiculous. They're trying to find anything to tie this man to Russia, anything. So if he had a Russian tenant, a Russian student, a Russian lawyer living in Trump Tower, which is amazing real estate, he'd probably have big issues, you know, not thinking about it. I mean, how many are just Americans living in that tower? There's foreigners. I mean, he's in real estate. You're not going to check every single renter's background. They pay you rent. They live there. Done. So here we are. We have Matthew Whitaker now as acting attorney general. In this article he wrote, last month when President Donald J. Trump was asked by the New York Times his special counsel Robert Mueller would be crossing a line if he started investigating the finances of Trump and his family, the president said, I think that's a violation. Look, this is about Russia, which is right. This is about does President Donald J. Trump have or had any connections with, like, the GRU or Putin directly, okay? It should not have any connection with um, some Lithuanian server or, you know, a tenant. And here is what Whitaker said. The president is absolutely correct. Mueller has come up to a red line in the Russia 2016 election meddling investigation that he is dangerously dangerously close to crossing. Now, Whitaker kind of came out of the blue. Usually people that are acting attorney generals, chief of staff, are usually people that grow in the ranks within the DOJ. Whitaker, he's uh, just under 50, right? Or, um, he's from Iowa. He um, was appointed U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Iowa by Bush. Uh, He resigned, though, five years later, um, following the appointment and confirmation of um, another attorney, Kleinfeld, which Obama appointed. You know, because every president that comes in takes down U.S. attorneys and puts their own. President Trump did the same thing. Every president does that. So in 2014, he threw his hat in the Senate race for Iowa because the Democrat was leaving and, you know, he didn't make it. His GOP didn't elect him. He only got barely, almost, he got under 10%. Um, And in the end, um, someone else won. Um, He did attempt, if I'm not mistaken, to run again, but he, you know, had his own law firm, Des Moines, and he was part of like a watchdog group called the Foundation for Accountability and Civic Trust. I think that's the one that was in, you know, shut down for fraud. Oh no, it was World Patent Marketing. That's it. World Patent Marketing. So, um, you know, 
here I am talking to you all the time about my little crystal ball that I pull out, or maybe I time travel. Those things could be related. He was on the advisory board for a company called World Patent Marketing, and in 2018, May 2018, that was shut down by the FTC for fraud. All right, so that's his background. So in August... And just a hiatus, this fraud thing was such a huge setup. It's as if they knew that he was, you know, he's obviously in the position he is and isn't part of that group anymore, but they went after it anyway. And this all has to do with Pegasus. And, you know, for those of you that like to dig, take a look at what I mean by that. TTT. So... I'm just going to play a little bit more about uh, what I said in regards to what was going on last year today and how, wow, magically, it appears to be very relevant today. Um, right before he joined the DOJ is when he wrote this article of Mueller investigation of Trump is going way too far. And... Sessions appointed Whitaker to be his chief of staff. Now let's take a moment for a second. What are the odds that he was always there for the reason of being put as acting attorney general? Oh dear. Um, can that be any more blatant? We all should think, okay? Uh, we should thank Sessions for the sacrifices he made. He did a lot. And so what we need to realize is on November 7th, 2018, we had a lot of people come into play and exit that had specific roles. And like I said, elections were key in 2018 because we followed to see how the fraud happens. And that is something we're learning from Kentucky. Bait and switch. There we go. Bait and switch. There we go. So as they try to get under the skin of the president, we have to think the clock is literally ticking. And that means companies that tick and they talk have links to companies that, I don't know, maybe Mark Zaid likes. These are, it's all there. And it's something that Gaudi had said before he resigned. Good Laddie had said before he resigned, we have to be paying attention to the little things that they don't want you to pay attention to because we realize that the Senate was the target now a year later because they can't really do anything without the Senate, right? We realize it now. That's how stupid they are. They are stupid. So stupid. If you don't realize that we've been at war with the most nefarious group of persons ever to have been exposed, okay, exposed, because cliques, just like in high school, exist in real life too. And the political cliques are very dangerous. You have to think to yourself, why was it important that they win the House in 2018? Oh, maybe to do what they're doing now because they know, be honest guys, there is no candidate for the Democrats that can even 
remotely be entertained to be something that anybody would support. I mean, are we really talking Elizabeth Warren? Like this woman is so unlikable. She literally took a job pretending that she was Native American. She literally got her second, you know, runner just because of the color of his skin. Because they keep pushing this divisiveness. You know, we've seen this before. We've seen it in Europe. This is how they stole countries out from under citizens of those countries. We're talking France, Spain, Greece. They made them hate each other and use all this play, play, play. And in the background, they were winning all along. And see, here is what happened when President Trump became president. They couldn't win anymore because he was like, nope, not happening. Nope, not happening. You need to see their responses and how irate they are. Like what Joe and Mika were saying, oh, look at you. You totally ruined his. No, I didn't. How do you know? We're going to canvas it. We're going to see how you did it. 5,000 votes difference. Come on, guys. So while they were focusing back then in the House, at the House, for the House, everyone else was focusing on the Senate. I mean, I, I remember I was tweeting about it, writing about it. I mean, why would he keep inviting people saying, I need you in the Senate? Don't run for Congress. Run for Senate. It's worth everything. They uh, appoint the judges. They, uh, you know, confirm uh, appointments that the president wants. I mean, that's the most important part. The House is legislation, and they're not even doing that. They just thought that they would be winning with the House. And instead, it's been flipped on them. So for the past two years... Many people have seen things that they didn't believe existed. And many people are still reluctant to see things that have existed. You know, pedophiles. How many times have you been ridiculed if you ever said, yo, they have like sex camps and training camps. They like steal kids. They eat kids. They rape kids. They have snuff films with little baby kids in there. It's like horrible and satanic. Maria Abramovich. How many of you, you know, Hillary Clinton literally writing an email, I'm going to slaughter a chicken to Moloch. And everyone's like, oh my God, such a tinfoil hat. Well, mm, we're kind of not tinfoil hat now, are we? Because it's all true. Like all super true. And the one thing that they do is that they tell you what their intentions are. They tell you what they want to do. And now you can see it. Now your eyes are like, it's like you were blind and now you can see, right? Isn't it? So it takes a while spoon feeding, walking that line together at, you know, at a rhythm, like a cadence, right? To a cadence of we're going to win. So the sacrifices that were made, it's their anniversary. Sessions, Gowdy, and Goodluck will never be um, erased from our memories because now it's going to come back up. You have to think, what is going to be coming back up? What is coming on? Think, uh, Twitter, you're banned. You mention, uh, you know, the whistleblower's name, the supposed whistleblower, okay, the target, the fall guy, the guy they want you to say is a whistleblower. Remember. And we play again, we play along, right? 
under attack. Everyone under attack. Think. I mean, why? Why Why so much? It doesn't make sense. So if you remember when Whitaker took the post as acting attorney general, it was Schumer that came out and demanded that he recuse himself. Do you remember that Whitaker um, needs to recuse himself from the Russia probe because he knew that he had his eyes on everything Mueller, his chief of staff, since anything Russia concerning Mueller, but everything in general, um, since Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself, which, by the way, he knew he was going to recuse himself. That's the thing. I, I, listen to my show from last year because I told you this was all planned. But sometimes you have to be patient and let time pass so that people can see it. Because no matter how many times you say, dude, trust me, just trust me, there's a plan. It's, it's happening. No, 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 I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing it. Just trust me. This should tell you everything. I'm going to say the odds are quite high. So there was buzz going around. Let's not call it buzz. Let's call it leaks. Oh, gosh. Did, was that a half hour gone? Okay, I'll see you guys all right after this break. Jeez, that was quick. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Okay, so I am going to start that so we can hear about sessions a little bit um, because this is going to be really important so you understand what's coming down the pipeline. Because we know the fake news media gets all their leaks. No matter how good the plumbers are in the White House, we have Senate and House members on both sides of the party spectrum that leak so they knew that he was on some sort of short list. That was quickly validated, but it was told to them that he would be replacing um, someone at the White House Council. Uh, council uh, was it? Hold on. It was, I think it was McGann. Anyway, so um, basically he started to come up on short lists and the mainstream media knew it. But again, Whitaker is no big player, kind of like Huber. So it seems that there was like, do you remember just a couple weeks ago when the mainstream media was trying to force Trump to fire Rosenstein? Because he said that he would be wearing a wiretap and keep in mind... That conversation that Rod had was with another two people that are very close to the president. The president knows everything, and they're scared too. But, you know, Trump is a businessman. You never tell people what you know. You keep that for when you need it, right? Well, here's where we go to the fact that right after the election... The minute we held the Senate, which was key, Jeff Sessions steps aside. 
incredible. He did his job. They did what they needed to do, and now he stepped aside. In comes Whitaker. Now what happens? Let's kind of sit back for a second and just analyze, because I think a lot of people don't know why Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself. They're assuming that he it's because he talked to the ambassador in passing or some BS like that that they've been peddling. If you go to Big League Politics under my author page, you'll see an article where I think I wrote that like maybe five months ago, and it pertains to the Russian lawyer, which will be very key coming up soon. Little Jim Acosta, which we'll hear later on, revealed it because that's the next leak, and we'll talk about that too. But in that article, I outlined why Jeff Sessions literally recused himself, and people don't seem to get it. It was normal that he had to recuse himself. Why? He was senator in 2016, right? He was part of an oversight committee that questioned that Russian lawyer that Loretta Lynch signed off to allow her visa uh, immediately to allow her for entry, even though it was revoked. You know, that whole setup meeting with Don Jr., and Paul Manafort and wiretapping their cell phones on the same day while they were in the room. So guess what? So they get this lawyer in October of 2016. Remember, she was a key player in the FISA warrants. You're going to see that because we're going to have a declassification that is going to be amazing. Amazing for people to see just how corrupt every single politician in D.C. is. And we're talking not just the Democrats, but Republicans too. So, like I said, Sessions was a senator and he was part of that committee. He literally was part of that committee that submitted questions to her and asked her about her relationships with Russia, who she met with, what she met with, everything. For that reason... When he was confirmed as AG, he had to recuse himself because he was part of that committee. He was already too far into the whole Russia probe. Are you getting it now? So everything comes with a timeline. So where are we at right now? We're at October 2016. That's where the first hit's going to come out. Because when you submit questions like that, to ask a lawyer who was who came into this country that, well, first of all, she was disallowed to enter the United States. Homeland Security refused her visa. And an emergency override happened, guess by who? That's right, Loretta Lynch. And guess when the pen register, the wiretap happened on Manafort? Oh, yeah, that's right. The same exact day the meeting with Don Jr. happened with that lawyer and Manafort in the room. So they already have the audio of the conversation with this Russian lawyer, which was a nothing burger, right? They really wanted something. And of course, it had to do with children. Remember, 
Don Jr. was like, I don't know what she was talking about. I thought she had something to tell us, like, you know, important. And then she started talking about adopting kids from Russia, and I walked out. You remember that? Mm hmm. What is it with kids? It would be funny to see if she actually facilitated trafficking children to the United States. I mean, if she was hired to try to entrap President Trump's son, how far into this is she? I mean, the guy who's representing the whistleblower is obviously a pedophile. And, you know, Mark Dice did some great work finding his profile and finding that the guy is scrubbing it. Think about it. All of these people are obsessed with children and humans as commodities. Mm. So much is going to come out, and I'm going to tell you it's going to start from there. You know, we never saw Loretta Lynch's transcripts, have we yet? Oh, no. Not even redacted. And we can go back to the tarmac meeting where, you know, she was promised to be Supreme Court justice if she gets things done. (sighs) Comey's grand jury on one of them, one of these you know, has finished deliberation. So I said it, and obviously other people have said it. You know, we're waiting for it. Guys, Christmas is going to come early. And the IG report on the FISA, you know, processes will come later. That's going to be an avalanche. Like, that's going to be the final blow. You know, first it's like arrest, 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 arrest. And this is where you let the fake news media try to spin it or not talk about it at all, right? But this is where we need uh, to know about these things. I want to be on a lawn chair, you know, across the street from Comey's house, from McCabe's house, from McMaster's house, from all these houses that are going to be raided just like, you know, Roger Stone was. I want to be right there. Recording it, and then when people say, did you have a tip? Uh, no, I just carry around a lawn chair, and I just happen to stock people's houses. You know, that, that same thing that CNN said when, uh, you know, they happened to appear in front of Roger Stone's house. Who, by the way, on Loomer.com, an article just went up by Peter DeBrasca, uh, you know, talking about the fact that Jennifer Palmieri the former communications director for Barack Hussein Obama is being considered to be part of his jury pool. Uh, can we get any more corrupt than that? Like for real, you know, it is, uh, it is incredible. It is really incredible. Acting attorney general. What was the primary purpose of it? Was it the Scaramucci model? Because a lot of people don't like Scaramucci. I mean, think about it. Does it really matter, public opinion? Does it really matter, the optics? It really doesn't, because the facts do matter. And what they're trying to do is replace facts with optics. And they have been failing, literally failing beyond failing. It's like the worst failure ever. And here is where you can hear it from Adam Schiff. This is from this morning on Fox. Take a listen. Throughout the course of the testimony, not only their testimony, but many others, most important facts are largely not contested. All I'm telling you is the facts have never changed. They will never change. Those facts are consistent. Those facts are clear. If this was so routine, so ordinary to have a quid pro quo in terms of our giving money to a country to defend itself. 
a quid pro quo for us giving money to a country to defend itself. Uh, okay, quid pro quo, first of all. Um, do you guys know what that means? That means like I give you something to give me something, right? So if we're giving them money to defend themselves, um, doesn't that mean that um, they should be doing something? Well, uh, you know, Millie Weaver asked that question to people, and I am going to try to quickly put in that part about quid Hi there. pro quo. Hold on. Hi. Do you think that Trump should be impeached, imprisoned, or... Hold on, guys. Let me go to the part of the quid pro quo. Give me a second. Because this is the part that people don't seem to understand, that quid pro quo, like she says, is not illegal. So she runs into a guy with a sign that says quid pro quo, which is quid pro Joe. But when you give a nation money to defend itself, it's because you know that it's going to defense. Uh, but we didn't do that under the Obama administration. We gave them blankets and MREs because we were selling them weapons on the black market. Here we have, we're giving you weapons, but it has to be for your defense kind of thing, right? But anyway, he, Millie Weaver did an exceptional job. Check this out. Now, impeached on what impeachable offense? Uh, quid pro quo. Okay. You know that quid pro quo is not against the law, right? Um, I'm not sure. I thought it was, but... It's not illegal. Do you think that they have a strong enough case against him to actually impeach him? I don't know all the facts of whether they do that or not, and I don't know if anyone does yet. Depends on what their investigation finds out. Uh, we'll be lucky if he's not elected in 2020. If he leaves office, I feel that there, there's no uh, competition. You know, we, we should have um, some kind of democracy here, some kind of uh, competition. President Trump's going to win big time. I mean, no, there's no problem. Look at this. Look at this. There's nothing here. Look at the contingent on the uh, on the Trump side. It's huge. Massive turnout, would you Massive say? Massive turnout, and there's nothing here. Look at this. It's quiet. Nobody's saying anything. Would you be shocked if somehow Trump didn't win this area? Oh, yeah. Would you think there was election fraud or something if he didn't win this area? Sure. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's a small crowd here, and Look then the Trump crowd, there's massive it attendance. There used to be a very Democratic crowd here. A very. Uh, it used to be uh, kind of even, you know, Republicans, Democrats in here in Lexington, Kentucky. Not anymore. Do you think that's partially because... The left, the Democrats have gone so far left so. with socialism and some of these radical ideas. Well, you know, when you put socialism with Democrats, you know, who's going to vote for them? Perfect, right? So quid pro quo is not illegal. They're trying to make you think it's illegal. It's not. But the only way that you can say that it was quid pro quo, hashtag blackmail that they want to say, is if you prove that there was an intention to extort them. Now, they keep saying, oh, President Trump, you know, held that hostage asking, you know, for uh, the Ukrainians to investigate his political opponent. Let's get something straight, man. Even from the damn testimony that we see coming out of these clowns like Marie Ivanovich, who, you know, self-appointed herself as gatekeeper to the Department of Justice. Remember, as ambassador, she belongs to the State Department, not the Department of Justice. And our treaty with the Ukraine says the Ministry of Justice of the Ukraine has direct communication with the Department of Justice in the United States. Yet she said, well, I needed to make sure that... 
The information that the Ministry of Justice wanted to give the Department of Justice was valid or important enough for them to see. You mean filter out and shut it down, right? Mm. So anyway, they knew that there was an investigation going on in 2018. Joe Biden didn't even declare that he was running until April 25th, 2019. So how was he investigating a political opponent? Please don't tell me that you even think that Joe Biden had a chance. Come on. The guy, Dementia Joe, quid pro Joe, had no chance ever of becoming president of the United States. And the reason Obama didn't, uh, you know, go behind him and um, what do they call it? Oh, gosh, where is my head today? Um endorse. There we go. The reason he didn't endorse him is because he knows that with the Ukraine and the Burisma thing, it was all done so that they all make money. You know, all of them made money. They made a lot of money. Joe got paid money and Barack knew it. And since he's going to be impeached and I've been saying it, November 5th, 2020, we're going to have some real fun because no matter what they think they will attempt to do in regards to meddling with the elections, they can't. And this is why it gets dangerous. You need to realize that we are at war. You need to realize we are at war. And here we have in Monroe, Louisiana, a senator literally saying it must suck to be that dumb to Pelosi. Take a listen. Great governor. We're also thrilled to be joined tonight by... Many of your wonderful Louisiana leaders, and I have to say right now, two of them, they're warriors. They're incredible warriors. I'll ask them to come up for just a second, but they don't stop. Very different type personalities, both unbelievable. They fight so hard for me, for you. They love this state. They love this country. Senator Bill Cassidy, Senator John Kennedy. Come on up, fellas. Let me just echo what Eddie Responi said. This is Trump country. And let me add to what he said. With your help, but only with your help, we can make it Responi country. Thank you. Hello, Louisiana. Thank you, Mr. President, for visiting our state. In three short years, President Trump has doubled the growth in the greatest economy in all of human history. And you know what our Democratic friends have done for him? Speaker Nancy Pelosi is trying to impeach him. Kennedy looks so cute. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. Again, only Trump 2020 signs, I'm just saying. Now let me, let me tell you, let me tell you one other thing. The same people, 
that are backing Speaker Pelosi are sending tens of millions of dollars to support Governor Edwards. And all he has given us, all Governor Edwards has given us is decline and uncertainty. Now, unless, unless you're happy with crappy, I want you to vote for Eddie Responding for governor. And I want you, I want you to vote for Kyle Erdogan for Secretary of State. And I want you, this is important, I want you to vote for Robert Mills for the Louisiana State Senate. God bless Louisiana, God bless our president, and God bless the United States of America. Oh my gosh, he was so cute, you guys. He like fist bumped and everything. I mean, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and President Trump was sweating a lot, either the lights or the heat. I don't know what it is. But he was really sweaty. <laughs> Maybe the makeup. Who knows? But what I can tell you is that was two incredible. Great guys, two great warriors. Two people that love your state. They love our. But I also wanted to say he did use the president's rally to reinforce having state Senate. So. Again, it is very important who we put in our state legislators, uh, uh, legislators, who we vote for in our state, too, because, yes, federal elections are important, but on a localized level, you got to be really careful who you put in there, who speaks a good game, what is their voting record and what do they really stand for? That should tell you everything you need to know uh, in regards to uh, your local elections. I mean, that was clear. Okay. That was really clear. Now, uh, before we head to the break, I wanted to play a little clip just to, uh, make us smile a little bit, which was uh, pretty fun. It was the president reading off, um, the whistleblowers alleged whistleblower, because uh, it's not him. He's the picked one tweets Zaid, And we're going to get into him right after the break. Things have happened because, you know, I don't know if you saw, I just got off. I'm coming off the plane and they hand me, look at this character. Okay, they just hand me this story. Coup has started, whistleblower's attorney said, in 2017. You know when that was? That was a long time ago. It's all a hoax. They say January 2017, a coup has started and the impeachment will follow ultimately. It's all a, it's all a hoax. It's a scam. And you know who helps them? These people right back here, the media. And then it said, oops, the light's going to go off. The CNN light is going to go off. It said, from the lawyer, a sleazeball. It said, I predict at CNN will play a key role in at real Donald Trump. Not finishing out his first time. Can you believe this? This is all. And this was done a long time ago. Then he goes, as one falls, two more will take their place. Referring to outgoing Trump administration employees, who, by the way, 
have been put through hell by the sleaze back there and by crooked politicians. Yep. So they tell you everything. Eyes wide shut, right? They tell you everything they're going to do. That's how they work because that's how they get off by kind of mocking you that, yo, we're doing this and whatnot. Now, I wanted to say something. Uh, here again is just more um, validation that Eric Ciaramella is not uh, the bonafide whistleblower. I'm telling you, he's the targeted one because uh, during Bill Taylor's testimony, his name was mentioned by actually Adam Schiff, which means now they can't sue anyone talking about him. They can't sue anyone writing about him because now it's part of an official transcript and the question was put in. By Shiv. See, corrupt people are so dumb. So they wanted to hold that name hostage, to paint that target on the back, to keep it all secret. But unfortunately, the question was, hey, so now, um, to Bill Taylor, now frequently, do you have conversations with the DNI about these issues? Any? Uh, I think none. Okay, does the person by the name of Eric Sierramella, which by the way, his name is Anthony Eric Sierramella, is Anthony, ring a bell to you? He says, it's not. So to your knowledge, you've never had any communications with somebody by that name. Correct. Now that the name is part of the transcript, they can't really say you can't talk about it because it's part of it. But here's the thing. I wrote an article on Loomer.com how um, Adam Schiff, uh, when he released the transcripts of Yovanovitch, uh, he made only the curated pieces he wanted with the narrations. You know, here's what we were talking about. Here's our answer. Didn't let you see the Q&A, right? <laughs> it was just curated. Uh, but the full transcript was not um, eligible to be downloaded. Um, and it was constantly being messed with depending on region and IPs. See, for conservative journalists, they're finding it really hard through their IPs to access things. Well, boom, Jim Hoft realized that too, because once people started reporting, oh, it's over here, suddenly the committee repository said 404 error, not able to download. And um, kind of makes you wonder, why are you making transcripts unavailable now? Oh, do we need to delete that? Because you really can't. His name is there. You've publicized it. So telling people they can't talk about it is no longer valid. Your little drop of a name was done on purpose, and now you have to eat it. Sorry, Shiffy. Must be that he's going through a really shiffy day, isn't it? I'll see you all right after this break for the next hour. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this second hour, I want to talk about things that are happening um, in regards to the Justice Department and also where we're going um, in regards to timelines. So, uh, but before we do that, I want to stay on this impeachment charade because uh, Schiff announced that there is going to be public impeachment hearings next week. And I want people to listen to this, um, this morning's Fox News report about what's important this morning and stuff like that. So, um, let's continue this because this is important, uh, so you can understand the timelines. Why did they hide it? 
Why did they have to put it in a secret server after it was uh, disclosed? I'm not going to read these transcripts. The whole process is a joke. The whole idea that there's a quid pro quo based on somebody changing their testimony. Y'all hate this guy. You want to get him impeached. Jillian Turner's live on Capitol Hill to kick things off for us this morning. Jillian, good morning. Good morning, Sandra. A lot of moving pieces, but we are standing by right outside the Intelligence Committee's doors right now, waiting to see if John Bolton shows up. So far, Bolton's attorney hasn't said anything specific about today, Sandra, but he did say very recently Bolton did not plan to appear voluntarily, i.e., unless he was subpoenaed. But some good news for DeFi first. So Wednesday, November 13th, we'll hear from... ...to make their own determinations about the credibility of the witnesses, but also to learn firsthand about the facts of the president's misconduct. Also developing right now, the whistleblower's attorney, Mark Zaid, again in the spotlight this time over some tweets he uh, sent out in 2017 about two and a half years ago. I'll read uh, excerpts from those for you, Sandra. He reportedly tweeted that, quote, a coup has started and claimed impeachment will follow ultimately. He also wrote, quote, I predict CNN will play a key role in not finishing out his full term as president and then went on to say, quote, we will get rid of him. Now, Sandra, the moment we hear more from Bolton's people or we see him arrive here, we will get back to you with that information. One quick thing to mention also, Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman is inside the skiff right now. He's reviewing testimony he provided to the committee behind closed doors a few days ago. Right. Sandra. Jillian Turner on the Hill for us. Jillian, thanks. I want to bring in Dan Hedinger, Wall Street Journal, editorial page, and a Fox News contributor. Dan, good morning to you. That, really that's an intriguing development. So the lawyer for the whistleblower is tweeting about this a lot yeah. in the early days of this administration. What's that tell you? Well, in January 2017, right about the time uh, President Trump was being inaugurated. And what it tells me is that uh, Mark Zaid was speaking there for the entire anti-Trump resistance. And he's talking about we're proceeding with essentially a coup to remove this president from office. But let's pause it right here so people understand there was a very big, significant, legitimate political event in November of 2016. 63 million Americans elected Donald J. Trump into the American presidency. He is therefore entitled to serve out four years of that presidency. And yet we know that in January 2017, not just Mark Zaid, but a lot of Democrats were determined to stop this presidency. And it was always a question back then, what is the point of the Russian collusion narrative that the press was running? And the point was to get to an impeachment of this president to overturn that 2016 election. That was the goal from the beginning, and that is the goal as we sit Sounds here. Sounds a little bit what Mark Meadows just said a moment ago. Here's some of the tweets you mentioned January 2017. This from January 30th of that year. Coup has started first in many steps. Hashtag rebellion. Impeachment will follow ultimately. Hashtag lawyers. Here's another one. June 19th, same year. 45 years from now, we might be recalling stories regarding the impeachment of Donald Trump. All be old, but will be worth the wait. Yeah, well, they have never stopped doing this. This is the resistance. And, you know, consider what Donald Trump did. In a sense, a coup is an illegal overthrow of an existing government. Donald Trump overthrew the Obama presidency in the sense that one of the first things he did was withdraw us from the Paris Climate Accord, which was in the news this week. They will now formally begin the withdrawal from that. He overturned the Iranian nuclear deal. He Ooh, uh... <laughs> 
Iranian nuclear deal. We need to talk about this because I got some information from sources last week that I found a little bit far-fetched. And one of my friends actually DM'd me a tweet that they actually went on the record, the Iranians, to say it. So we'll get to that. But for now, I just want us to focus on this because we need to talk about Mark Zaid for a second. He started to reverse all of the Obama regulations on the energy sector. That was a legal overturning of a pre-existing presidency. What they're trying to do here is illegally drive this guy from office for taking down what the things that uh, Barack Obama did. What you're driving at is a storyline Republicans will try and draw out during the hearing, and that would be a policy dispute with regard to Ukraine. Here's one of them now. Byron York uh, writes rather than the Washington Examiner, testimony how Trump helped Ukraine. And he goes in through all the transcripts about the Javelin anti-tank missiles, uh, which is lethal aid that was delivered to the Ukrainians so they can fight back with the Russian tanks. Here in Byron argues that you can't dispute that the president was not tougher than the previous administration. And all three witnesses have said, apparently, it was a substantial improvement. It was more than just blankets, which is what they were getting before. And that is exactly why they needed to have public hearings rather than these private hearings. We went through the private hearings. Did any And the Democrats were leaking the parts of the testimony from those private hearings that they wanted to make the president look bad if it had been a public hearing with all the American people sitting there watching it, they would have seen Ambassador Taylor say that the Trump policy was an improvement over the Obama policy in terms of helping Ukraine. So at least it mitigated some of the charges against him. And what Adam Schiff is going to say is that the facts largely cannot be disputed with regard to the investigation of Joe Biden. Is that where Democrats go? You would imagine yes. Yeah, they keep going there, but they it would be just to see in the end whether or not minds are changed. Next Wednesday it begins. Thank you, Dan. And wait. Nice to see you. <laughs> about. So that was a deputy editor of the Wall Street Journal. Guys, here's the thing. Mark Zaid um, had, uh, you know, on his profile, the markzaid.com backslash Zaid, he had a YouTube link linking to his YouTube that has been there for years. Uh, he has a creepy you know, he has creepy tweets saying, oh, you can be, you know, uh, you know, I watch all the Disney. Oh, shoot. Um, I watch all the Disney films, you know, you know, fight me. I'm like so much into this than you are, blah, blah, blah. To um, Asha, who was an FBI agent and now works for CNN. And to um, uh, what's uh, Sam? Sam Vinograd, again, CNN. I've watched all of them. I'm a big Disney freak. He says one doesn't need kids to be all Disney. One needs, uh, one needs and wants to be. It's like really creepy, all about kids. Now, here's the thing. People are like, he liked all these videos with little, uh, top 10 different, uh, you know, Disney girls, little children to women, blah, blah, blah. Now, I have kids. And, on my um, personal YouTube, there are videos that are like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who watched this? You know, because we all have it and we share a tablet and it's logged in and we have it on like the Rokus and the TVs and we listen to music because I'll find a lot of, you know, K-pop in the thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is invading my feed. But I have kids. So not everything I like is liked by me. This guy has no kids. 
So I find it creepy that, you know, someone would watch like Selena Gomez from child to woman, you know, really creepy. By the way, um, wow, again, my memory. Um, why is it always like that? I blank. Uh, it's going to come to me. The chick that married Justin Bieber, Haley, totally a handler. Just wanted to say. So anyway, so this guy is a creepy pedo tendency guy who is leading this coup, who said he was going to be leading this coup. Told you he was going to do it when President Trump went in there and he reversed all the rubbish, not the Obama legacy only. We're talking Bush, Clinton, Bush. Even some Reagan, because remember, Bush Sr. was a three-term president. And I know a lot of people love Reagan. I love Reagan, too. But he was in check. He did the best he could with what he had fighting back because they weren't as strong. And I hope the intelligence agencies out there think about it. Was it worth the money? Was it worth your soul? <laughs> so much the money. Was it worth your soul? So we are undoing a barrage of garbage and the Iranian deal, like the article that I put yesterday was a facade because there were unwritten deals too. Now, last week I heard from my sources uh, out in Northeastern Syria slash Iran telling me that the UN suddenly sent an inspector to check what they were doing because they were like, listening, we're, we're not abiding. We're getting newer centrifuges. So that way we don't have to take forever to, uh, you know, uh, parse out, uh, the uranium and that way we can make fuel pellets so we can make plutonium and they have every right to do so since everybody and their mother's doing it. But apparently they're not allowed because they're terrorists, right? That's, that's, that's the narrative. That's what we're being told. And, you know, they are overtaken and, and they, they are indeed or may not be, but let's just take they are. But Iran actually said that the UN inspector, um, was blocked from entering a nuclear site last week because he tested positive for explosive nitrates. So in other words, they were trying to, what jihad blow up their facility like could you imagine what i okay now i'm not a terrorist sympathizer at all i have no tolerance for that but let's just pretend everything they tell us is rubbish okay or let's pretend this way let's pretend that we have the un coming to inspect our nuclear facility and nobody likes the united states of america Right. And we know that the U.N. can claim sovereignty in Utah and stuff right? when they have events. I'm just saying. So anyway. So how would you feel knowing that an inspector that's entering a site that's that can eradicate your whole nation from the face of this earth, cause destruction like nobody's business, tests positive for nitrates? And, you know, since you're a terrorist like Iran, right, they would say some guy blew himself up with a vest. I mean, how would you know that it was the U.N. guy? Right. Would you know? So imagine being Iran right now. We have terrorists everywhere. We have been painted as terrorists. We have been taking that heat. We were fine running with that. People that come to Iran don't see that. But everybody else in the world says it. Yes, we do have a problem with jihadis. Yes, we do have a problem with this. Yes, we have a problem with that. Our media is state control. This, 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 this. But now they're sending people with explosive vests to blow our country up. How 
how would you feel? Think about it. Because if, remember, I've said this for like over a year. Iran is not a threat to the United States. It is not an imminent threat. That is the last thing they want. And let me tell you something. The UN guy going there to blow him up. You think it would just take out Iran? We're talking all surrounding nations. So people in Syria need to be careful. Israel need to be careful, right? Iraq need to be careful. Saudi Arabia need to be careful. And obviously Turkey. They would do that. Oh, Lebanon, you know, <laughs> Libya, the shores of uh, Cyprus, Greece. I mean, it would uh, cause contamination in the Mediterranean and kill the fish industry. They don't care. They don't care, you guys. They really don't care. Rather than losing power, they are willing to blow a hole in the Middle East and just level it all out and say, oh, it was jihadis. And so when someone told me about this last week, I was thinking, I don't know, man. You know, I have multiple sources and you're the only one that says it. I think I'm going to be trusting that source more than ever now because they obviously have their ear to the ground um, pretty close to things that happen. So Iran actually alleged, and I'm tweeting it out from news breaking, that a U.N. inspector blocked it, uh, uh, was blocked from a nuclear site last week because it tested positive from explosive nitrates. That was on AP. Uh, so the Associated Press reported it. That's a really big deal, you guys. I, I don't know how else to say it. That just goes to show how far they'll go to maintain power which is extremely scary. Now, I wanted to continue with this report, this morning report from Fox, uh, because it's, it's pretty interesting. Take a listen. Who are they and how much access did they get? And Bill Gates warning Elizabeth Warren over her wealth tax, how she is responding this morning. We'll discuss it with Bill Bennett. He'll be our guest shortly. And the president back on the rally squad supporting Louisiana for the Republican governor running to upset the uh, Democrat. We'll talk to RNC chair Ronna McDaniel about that race and a lot more. The state of America coming up next. We're going to take back the house. And we're going to focus on, like, those 36 Democrats in Trump areas, areas that I won by a lot. You're going out to replace a radical, liberal Democrat as your governor. You're going to have a great, new, Republican, tremendously successful man as your governor. Eddie Risponi. Eddie Eddie Rishbone. A little bit of the rally from last night, Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana, hoping to push the Republican across the finish line and next week's runoff race against the Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards. Meanwhile, two days after the election in Kentucky, Republican Governor Matt Bevin is not conceding to Democrat Andy Beshear. RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel here now, and nice to see you. There's a lot of stuff we could go through. What do you think happened in Kentucky with the top of the ticket? Well, we won five out of six statewide. We saw that Matt Bevin had a huge 
uphill battle. He had high negatives. Uh, in, in our internal data, months and months ago, he was down 15, 16, 17 points. So we knew the president had to get in. The president's a fighter. He's going to help every single Republican. It's a tight race. So you're making the case this was a Bevin issue and not a Donald Trump issue. Oh, when you win five of six statewide races and the governor's the lowest performer, yes, it's an issue about the candidate. And the president did everything he could. And that's why we won five of six races a last l- night. A lot of people watching the suburbs. I know you are as well. Okay, yes. Wall Street Journal, GOP loses voters in the suburbs for the third election in a row. I think the question for you and others is what is the plan to fix it? You have to remember the president's not on the ballot with these races. So he's going in uh, to these uh, states and, and bringing a lot of our candidates across the finish line, does exceptionally well in rural areas. What we're seeing with the suburbs, though, is they are rejecting the socialist agenda of the Democrat Party. So when you have an Elizabeth Warren on the ballot or a Joe Biden talking about giving free health care to illegal immigrants, talking about have a, having a government takeover of health care, that's where we're getting those votes. OK, I just want to say something on this with Kentucky. So in 2016, when we had our primaries, people were like, look, to register. And I was new to the state of North Dakota, so I was kind of looking, do I need to register, do this? So we were checking, and I checked that I was registered to vote, and I was registered as a Democrat in the state of Kentucky. And so was my husband, who is a foreign national. So I actually got in touch with the attorney general there and I got in touch, uh, with Bevin and I told him I have a concern. One, my husband will be auto deported if it shows that he voted, uh, first of all, and he didn't. And we had like this whole fight, you know, right there. I was like, no, you're not allowed to vote just because they're telling you go, you don't go. Cause he came with me to see and they were like, go vote. And I was like, no, you're not allowed to vote. So you're not going to vote period. No. You don't have a say in my country's elections. And so I was concerned. So when they're, when I'm telling you that I noticed that there is uh, a chance of voter fraud just from that, uh, that tells you everything you need to know. So when Matt Bevins isn't taking it back, it's because of voter fraud. I have to say that um, I believe him because I have personal knowledge. Like, what do they call it? From a, uh, uh, what is it? Personal privilege. There we go. Point of personal privilege. The democratic socialist say. But anyway, take a listen to what Ronna McDaniel, um, says. Um, you know, it's not him on the ballot. You don't need to make excuses. Just let it be. It's 5,000 votes. How many of those are maybe, you know, it shows that I voted. Who knows? Have I been removed? I don't know. It, it sounds the, the argument Democrats made in 2010 and 2014. Barack Obama's not on the ballot. We don't expect to do as well. Is that it, your it's argument? It's true. I mean, there's no better person for turning out our vote than the president. And there's an enthusiasm for him. And as much as he campaigns with everybody, the president being on the ballot is going to be the difference maker in 2020. And we get to go in and talk about the fact that we've added jobs, 6.7 million new jobs, that wages are up, record low unemployment, lowest ever for the African American community. So we have a record to run on, and that's going to resonate in the suburbs when we're contrasted against a Democrat who wants more and more government control that will, suburban voters know will bankrupt our country. Okay, so you're thinking, Bevan, you got Bevan right to the finish line, but didn't put him over. That's, that's we'll the We'll see. I mean, he's now. re-canvassing, he so con- we'll see. Should he concede? I think he's doing what he needs to do. I'm not going to interfere with that, and, and he knows if there were irregularities, he knows his state better, and he's re-canvassing. We'll see what okay. happens. Uh, Kentucky's getting a lot of attention. Pennsylvania, not so much. But the Democrats 
Democrats came out and voted in big numbers on Tuesday in Pennsylvania, especially in the area of Philadelphia. How much concern do you have over that? Because that, again, is the evidence that goes back to the headline that I see. So the counties surrounding Philadelphia that you're looking at, Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Bucks County, our candidate lost by 500 votes. That's really in line with what you see in that county. That is the swing county. Uh, we won a statewide Supreme Court in Pennsylvania uh, last night uh, or Tuesday night Supreme Court race statewide. We won in the western part of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is absolutely a battleground state, and the red areas are staying red and the blue areas are staying blue. Uh, what do you think of Jeff Sessions? Apparently he's going to run for his old seat. We'll see what he does. I mean, the voters of Alabama are going to side, but you have Tuberville in that race. You've got... ...to this impeachment champ. President Trump has been under constant attack. I won't sit back and watch them destroy our country. Alabama deserves a senator who will stand with the president and won't run away and hide from the fight. Ouch. You know, no. Thank you, Jeff Sessions. You did your job. That's low. That tells you everything you need to know. But as you saw, Ronna McDaniel said, you know, Bevins knows his state very well. So he's doing what he needs to do. Okay, let's just remember that he's doing what he needs to do. And that is all you need to know right now, because now they're going to see, hey, hey, Tori called us in 2016. Was she removed or did someone file a ballot for her? Hey, this person's a student there, but they're not a citizen. But on their driver's license, it says, you know, uh, that's the that's the thing with Kentucky, that when you get your driver's license, they ask you to pick if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Now, I never picked. Um, I know my husband didn't pick. So it's like, um, why was that selected? Why was I registered as a Democrat? Because um, I never picked. Like, I always did vote Democrat, but... <laughs> It's like um, I never sat there and said, oh, I'm just going to vote for a Democrat. Does that make sense? Uh, because I vote for who is the right candidate, not because of what party they align to. And Matt Bevins is a really good person. Uh, he gets things done and he's fair. He's not, you know, um, like a cop, you know, that that is, you know, all bull and and attack and respect my authority. He is a fair person. He looks after his people. So, you know, we're going to see where this takes us because, you know, what's funny. Pennsylvania, Kentucky, both are Commonwealth states, Commonwealth. And that's something important that we should all be paying attention to just these little, little things that pop up. Commonwealth. What is a Commonwealth? What's the difference with the rest of the states? What are Commonwealths? That, that, that's something that we should sit on because this Kentucky thing is going to play out to be something even bigger. Will the president campaign against Jeff Sessions? Oh, I'm not going to speak for the president, but Pennsylvania. I think there's a story that's not being told. And when you go to these presidents, these rallies with the president, the enthusiasm, the energy, it's the highest it's ever been. And you know what signals that? The small dollar donations coming into the RNC. Oh, well, we're going to follow your argument and see whether or not it holds up over the next year. Sure. Thank you, Ronna. Come on back soon. Thanks, okay? Bill. Ronna McDaniel from the RNC. Thank, Thank you. you. 20 past facility. That move coming as Iran vowed to fuel more centrifuges in another breach of the nuclear deal of 2015. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo addressing the escalation, saying this, quote, Iran's expansion of proliferation sensitive activities raises concerns that Iran is positioning itself to have the option of a rapid nuclear breakout. Ah, 
So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit um, after the break. But that's really important. We have Pompeo in Germany uh, right now, so the EU is really sweating. Uh, we have Iran saying, well, you know what? Poke this. This is the way the deal was. You paid us money. We continued to make money by creating this uh, low-enriched uranium. You are now throwing all your money behind the Ukraine. Uh, the president of the United States doesn't care, which he does. What he's doing is he's letting them pull their own pants down. Because the truth about what's going on with nuclear energy and this control is going to be coming out. Remember, it was President Putin of Russia that over eight months ago said the start agreement is expiring in 2021. Why is nobody coming to the table to discuss this? Are we going to start discussing it when people shoot out nuclear warheads into outer space? Pretty interesting, right? So we'll get to that um, after this short break and then look at what's to come. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Let's wrap up a little bit with Iran and hear what Fox is telling you. And I'm not saying that Fox is someone we should trust, but I'm just saying, listen. It is now time for all nations to reject this regime's nuclear extortion and take serious steps to increase pressure. End quote. President Trump, meanwhile, inviting Turkish President Erdogan to the 13th is expected to be very busy here in Washington. And this comes after Turkey's President Erdogan appeared to downplay that U.S. special operations raid to kill ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, saying his country had captured his wife and some of the wealth tax. We will talk about it with the nation's first drug czar. Crazy, isn't it? It's just like a really mishmash of... Um of news coming in from Fox, which I've never seen before, kind of overlap. But um, what um, we should uh, be uh, thinking about here is Iran coming under pressure, Iran uh, coming into focus, Iran, um, you know, being isolated. And remember, Iran was and has been producing nuclear energy for the world since 1967. Okay, that's a lot of years in that business to be taken away and they will fight for it like nobody's business and they will fight for their right. And again, like I said, when you make things scarce, when you say, oh, only these people can have that handbag or that car or that house or that energy, it suddenly there's a black market for it and everybody wants it. That's human nature. Speaking of, you know, nefarious activities, um, the DOJ yesterday announced, you know, how they arrested the one Saudi Arabian spy. Take a listen. Yeah, the leadership there is thinking right now. They're worried about social media. Remember, the Arab Spring was really propelled by the usage of Twitter. It brought down two leaders in Egypt and in Libya. So you've got MBS right now sitting back and saying, this is a very powerful tool. We need to monitor this. And presumably, the complaint doesn't allege that there were any Saudi government officials involved in this, but presumably that they were behind it and they wanted that information. Well, how long have we been uh, waiting for this story? 
Wow. We've th- been... Think about the amount of technology that's in use and the number of employees that continue to be added to these employee roles. Absolutely. So you look at the rise of social media over the last decade or even longer, and you look at this and say, if this is happening in this specific example, what other examples are happening where situations are happening that we don't know about? The Justice Department says that there's an obligation to protect users and U.S. citizens from this kind of betrayal, if you will, this kind of intrusion. But what can we do about it to actually crack down? Let me give you an example. Say you have a friend that works at Twitter or Facebook or Google, and you have an enemy somewhere, and you want to get some information about them. Say it's not even your friend. You may pay somebody to do it. What is there, what safeguard is there at these companies to make sure that that's not happening? Just a specific question about Twitter. What did they allege that these employees were doing. That they were going into the database and they were getting secure information about some of the dissidents. And remember, it's the dissidents that use these platforms to speak against the government. How much much information could be in there? Because if you're on Twitter, you're you're pretty much putting it out making it public, right? You're putting it out and making it Let me tell you what information they were getting. Aside from phone numbers, aside from whatever information you might put, like date of birth, email, address, etc., they also get your device ID and MAC address. When you have these items, you can actually clone, copy, and access devices. This makes it to be an open listening device for everyone. So remember, uh, it was uh, almost a year ago when I said Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all of these things, they're all part of the intelligence community. And I even pointed out how DARPA had poured in millions of dollars to see how they can manipulate, uh, you know, public discourse on these platforms, right? And yet here we are confused as to how did the Saudis get in there to get information? Guys, I have friends that work for Twitter and Facebook. And to be honest, I would never do this because it's a violation and I'm all about, you know, um, integrity. Um, I'm pretty sure that if I made a strong case that I wanted information on someone, I could get it. And so what makes you think that someone powerful, uh, like, you know, big people in government don't penetrate these companies with paid internships. This is why Qatar is throwing so much money. These, uh, lobby groups like care are throwing so much money at Twitter. Remember they don't have money coming in from advertising. So they're really hurting financially. And so my article that talked about these guys that were arrested, I analyzed all three of them, and they were all linked together by some foundation that MBS had created. And you know what? If he can ask for it, why not get it? I mean, you know, it's all up to someone. Like, I I work with people's uh, social security numbers and dates of birth, address, every single thing I would need to defraud someone. I've been working with that information for over 11 years in my hands, Right. And I have it in my hands and it's up to me to ensure to destroy it. Because if I'm a bad person that I can use it against everyone, sell it maybe to Mexicans, right? Uh, that are coming in through the border or Ecuadorians or West Africans, right? I could do that, but it's all up to the people that you hire. And it was very interesting. how he said, you know, these people are penetrating the employee roles. How do you know? How do you know if someone is corrupt or not? Well, you kind of take a look at their history. Like, what are they doing? Are they living a lavish lifestyle so nobody can buy them? Do they have a good savings account? Because usually that's how they find out if you have integrity. Because if you have debt, suddenly you're not a good person to trust because you're compromised because someone could come with you with money to do it. Well, I've got tons of, you know, debt from student loans and stuff. 
I'm not selling it, though I can make a pretty penny if I did, but why didn't integrity? So it comes down again to conversations that we had of hiring the right people in the right places. And that doesn't just mean within the military or the Justice Department or anything, this idea of integrity. Did you know that your drivers, um, say you have a driving record that's like perfect, right? You've never had an accident. Uh, you don't have any points ever taken away for your whole life. But you go through a divorce or you go through some, you know, medical emergency or something happens and your credit tanks. Do you know that your car insurance is going to go up for that? Did you know that? That's like financial discrimination right there. Because your drivers, your, your, the insurance that you have as a driver should be reflecting you as a driver. So why would someone that has a clean record, right, of no accidents or anything like that, pay more in car insurance than a guy that has two DUIs but a credit score of 770. Do you see what I'm saying? So apparently money indicates integrity, which is the wrong concept. There's a lot of broke people out there and that have crappy credit because they just don't care. You know, they work with whatever it is or because of situations that happen, right? Everybody gets into these situations. So why is that, why is that an indicator? This is where we're failing. This is how we're failing on putting people within Homeland Security. This is where we're failing on putting people within ICE. This is how we're failing on people in the military, in the FBI, in the CIA, in the White House, and in these areas of, you know, social media and out in areas where people have access to private identifying information. So, you know, how is this even happening in this day and age? Think about it. To be like, well, you know, we have to have some form of indicator. And, and hey, it's 2019. We've got social media. You can suss someone out in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. It'll tell you if they, um, you know, how likely they are to be criminals or how likely they are to be sold out or, you know, their tendencies, their search history. And you're going to say, that's a violation of privacy. Yeah, it is. But when you're working for the United States government, uh, you know, you should be checked thoroughly, completely, because you're being entrusted with, um, you know, private identifying information and national secrets. And, you know, our social media tells a story. Our uh, likes and dislikes tell a story. Um, our search history tells a story. Uh, that is something that, uh, like I said, on my January 1st episode for New Year's Day, you're your profile, your artificial intelligence version of you is more accurate as to who you are than who you think you are. So moving on that, speaking of social media and discussions and the left and the insane, I wanted to start talking about what is going to happen how things are going to be panning out. So it is important for us to see that Don Jr. actually went on The View today. Um, he was on The View. And I want to play a couple clips, which were very interesting. So the first one is is um, how Don Jr. was talking and Whoopi Goldberg uh, tried to drown him out. Take a listen. Now people are saying, okay, that everyone is outraged that his name is out there because now people are saying, okay, He's tied to Joe Biden while Joe Biden was working in the White House. He has ties to Brennan, 
who's been leading the cabal on Trump. But, it's not, you know, but let's not, be that's, honest that's about what, what it is. But just to be clear, that's not why I'm outraged. But I'm outraged because I care about diplomacy in this country. I care about how we protect the people when they see a wrongdoing, mm -hmm. that they go through the proper political channels and they are protected fair? for doing that. So you can see that, that whatever outfit releases. Let's, let's not kill ourselves. And the name has been out there for five days. That doesn't make it right. But nevertheless, nevertheless. But ABC is right now. Chasing down a whistleblower about all of the Epstein stuff because those stories were killed. So, if we're going to have the conversation about the outrage okay, about can whistleblowers, we do, can we stay you on work that? with CBS. <laughs> you work with CBS. Can you, can you, can you, to out the whistleblower that everyone is outraged that his name is. That was perfect. Remember, I said that too. So we have them crying, don't say the whistleblower's name, don't put it out there, don't do this, don't do that. Yet ABC is hunting down the whistleblower who dropped the Epstein material. So we're going to go after the guy that exposed that you buried the story about this pedophile, that exposed that, you know, the crown and you interviewing Kate and Will was more important. The fact that over three years... Right, three years. How many children have been victim to these people? Dead, raped, tossed aside, cooked up, whatever you want to call it. The hypocrisy is real. The hypocrisy is just insane. Now, we also have another clip where I love this. Don Jr. literally called out Joy Bahar for wearing blackface, right? You know, you want to call the racist card? Let's do this. You know, you want to make that racist? Let's do this. Take a listen to this. I mean, if we're talking about bringing the discourse down, Joy, you've worn blackface. Whoopi, no, you I said that Roman Polanski. I'm sorry, and don't you, you, you said that Roman Polanski. It wasn't rape, rape when he raped a child. So let's, oh, let's okay. talk about. So this yeah, no, let's thing. talk Come about on. this. That's so you want to bring this up? The yeah. question came up. I did not about, go in blackface, please. No, she was not in blackface. Thank you. Twenty nine. It was a Halloween party. I went as a beautiful African woman. Oh yes, you ain't black. But that's my hair. <laughs> That you could be, yeah, but it is. So, um, so the whole point of why it is that curly hair is coming back. I thought that was, I thought, that, that is me. Did you have to? So that was a flashback, you know, with Raven Simone there too, where she was like, oh, I did blackface. I was a beautiful African woman, but she never wore blackface, right? Never did, right guys? Never. And yeah, and Whoopi Goldberg said that, you know, having sex in the Ottoman way, which is the reverse way, the wrong hole kind of thing as adults would say, right? With a child that's 13 years old is consensual because a 13 year old can consent to that. Are you getting it? So the hypocrisy is there, and he called it out, and that was lovely for everyone to see. Lovely for everyone to see. Incredible for everyone to see. So now let's go to what's to come, because we talked about this, and this is a little bit old, but let's just play a Lou Dobbs clip first, okay, with uh, one of my favorites. You are, you are going to see it, Lou, but I am not predicting so much for anonymous sources. Look at that. <laughs> one says, yeah, before Thanksgiving, sure. another says no. But I can tell you this, and we have darn good sources for this. It's going to be very bad for the people in the Obama administration. As somebody, the, my source said to me, it's going to be worse than you can imagine. Well, that's, uh, that is a, a heck of a tease, Victoria, that uh, I'm already uh, uh, sort of uh, chomping at the bit to get the thing. 
Uh, Joe, your thoughts on that uh, Horowitz report? Uh, it, it doesn't sound like uh, uh, it's going to be a tepid matter. Uh, explosive, would you say? I would say explosive, and I would say for people at the highest levels of the FBI mm. uh, and at the highest levels of the Justice Department, more important, the Justice Department, um, it's going to be devastating. Uh, it's going to ruin careers. It's going to make people uh, have bar problems. It's going to be... Bill uh, Barr problems. No, 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 no. <laughs> a bar association problems. Because what's, what's clear and now we know is that the senior levels of the Obama Justice Department were complicit in knowingly submitting materially false applications to the FISA court for an illegitimate counterintelligence purpose, not for a legitimate purpose, but to spy on Americans for political purposes. And it really will end up being the beginning of the greatest political scandal in history. And it's being held up partially because of John Durham's new grand jury, which, by the way, exists for one reason and one reason only, because people are going to be indicted. So people are going to be indicted, and that's what's going to happen. Now, they continued this conversation um, uh, because it's important that we all follow the rule of law. And like I said, the delay is because other things have to happen first. And people are talking about timelines. Uh, well, we were talking about this a year ago and two years ago. Everything has been set in motion. But it all has to be done at the right time. Like, why isn't Ilhan Omar arrested for fraud yet? Wait. I mean, think about it. If I was the person trying to make this more effective, I would keep investigating and looking into things, but it would be around right after she makes the primary. <laughs> Take a listen to what else they say. Because people are going to be indicted. Now, he is now in charge of both FISA abuse and the yes. origins of Spygate, uh, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, it, the worst political scandal in this country's history. Uh, is anything being held up because of just simply the vast scope of his investigation? It, well, it's been expanded, Lou, because he is now going into whole other areas. He's gone back into the, the or, origins of the investigation. I mean, to do, to, for those of us who know this business, if you get, if you're in counterintelligence and you get a word that a George Papadopoulos has said he heard something that the Russians have something, you know what you do? You go, you go knock on his door within a week and ask mm-hmm. him about it and, and have him give you the information. Where did he get it and how did he? They right. didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They dissipate all the rules of a counterintelligence investigation. And, and it's expanded because originally uh, Barr wanted Durham to just look at the beginnings of Crossfire Hurricane. Mm-hmm. How did this start? How did it happen? But then what they discovered was that they found out from the Devin Nunes experience at the White House in March of 2017 that there had been massive, massive unmaskings of Americans for political purposes and that those information was given and leaked to the press. And by the way, the Michael Flynn Ambassador Kislyak call, the Russian ambassador, which was leaked to David Ignatius of the Post, is in fact the subject of one of the criminal investigations because that leak is a 20-year felony. And I've got another idea for Durham. That is, he ought to bring in Mark's aide before the grand jury and ask him how he knew that CNN was going to be a part of it. Uh, was he talking to James Clapper? Mm-hmm. And w- did he know that Clapper was going to leak the dossier? Well, we know that James Clapper were... 
So 2017 was a crazy year. What we see is that in 2017, a lot of people were unmasked and suddenly attacked with lawsuits left and right for political purposes. Are you getting this? From the highest levels to the lowest levels, right? Totally. Why? Because one, you need to eliminate the enemies that are helping. And you know, I've said this before, the prize, the V for vendetta would be impeaching 44. I've been saying it again and again and again. Now, you know, you know all the players. We know their names by heart. We know how, uh, you know, all these people have been tied in together, same faces, reoccurring. They all work together. The one thing I disagree on is the fact that they're claiming that the FISA court was blindsided and, uh, you know, they weren't forthcoming. Again, three weeks before that document was signed, that first FISA warrant signed by Judge Collier, she had reprimanded them for overcollection. She knew what the overcollection of data was. She knew that it was targeted individuals, and yet she still signed the FISA warrant because the way they did the FISA warrant was by this overcollection of data. So for me, that's not good enough, you guys. For me, that tells me that, you know, no, she shouldn't be on the bench. Everyone's head should roll. Because when you violate justice, when she is no longer br- blind, and we have this, that's a problem. Now, what is to come? A year ago, I said that Flynn will walk. The case will be dropped completely. Everything will go, but it will help implode this whole situation. You're seeing why there's a delay in Horowitz. And here's how you're going to know what's coming up. Because Sidney Powell tells you exactly what's going on. Take a listen. Joining us tonight, Sidney Powell, defense attorney for former National Security Advisor General Michael Flynn, former federal prosecutor and author. Great to see you, Sydney. And let's start with the, uh, the, the Flynn motion here. Uh, is there any reason why the Department of Justice couldn't, shouldn't comply with your request to have a, a full search of the database uh, that would reveal what you expect to find? No, absolutely not, Lou. It should be absolutely required in this case. I mean, we've just found extraordinary breaches of protocol, one ridiculous thing after the other. And the latest is that the government just wrote us tonight and said that for the last 18 months or so, they've misidentified the agents who wrote each of the notes. They've had it backwards. Oh, for crying out loud. And what is the import of that? Does it have a material uh, impact? On, I understand it's frustrating and, and, and frankly, stupid of them, uh, but uh, is there anything about it that suggests that it is conscious uh, uh, malfeasance or is it uh, or is it just simply sloppiness? Well, it simply raises a lot more questions. We need handwriting samples from the two agents. We need to know the unredacted documents instead of we've got heavily redacted documents with respect to notes and three. We need them unredacted because they're supposed to bear the agent's signatures and dates. It just raises far more questions than answers for the whole scenario. And you have said point blank the government has been unconscionable in its conduct here. Uh, where do we stand with the judge making a ruling uh, on your uh, you are seeking, uh, if you will, to, to have this all reversed? Uh, where are we? 
Well, first we want all the evidence we've requested disclosed because we want to show exactly what happened here. The American public deserves to know. The court deserves to know how badly it's been lied to, and certainly General Flynn does. So we're asking for all the evidence that we listed in our original motion to be produced and then we will seek to move to dismiss for egregious government misconduct. I'm sure the evidence is going to support that. Frankly, we probably have enough already. But Judge Sullivan could do it on his own if he wants to. But I think at a minimum he's going to order the government to produce a whole lot more evidence than it has in the past. And how soon will we find out if that is indeed the direction he chooses to go? The judge. I will expect, I'm expecting it within a couple of weeks. He said he wanted to move this along. And in... Uh... I guess in federal court uh, uh, parlance, that's moving it along. But it seems to me that it is at, uh, at best no more than a trot when a, when a full uh, gallop seems to be in order here, given what the general has gone through. Yes, I agree with you on that. But he did allow the party's full and comprehensive briefing. He now has that, including the government's sir reply, which we just destroyed in our filing yesterday. And I think he's got all he needs now to make his ruling without further ado. Is there any reason why we should not expect the attorney general uh, appointed by this president uh, to simply expeditiously withdraw from this case and acknowledge what you have discovered so far? Uh, why, Why perpetuate this? I'm a little surprised the Department of Justice hasn't come in and done something already like Okay, so let's stop right there. Why isn't William Barr doing this? It is surprising that he has it, does it? He sees that the previous, uh, you know, Justice Department let this go. We know that there's Brady material. We know it's fishy. We know it was all wrong. We know it was set up. Why isn't he doing it? Because we need it to play out in a court of law. Remember, Sullivan needs to figure this out because he just moved into sentencing like taking what they said as fact without questioning it or unredacting things or giving anything to Flynn. This is where it comes down to. This is how you get justice. You let them pull their own pants down. So it's in Judge Sullivan's court and he, if he wants to like withdraw, oh, you know, I was totally duped. Nope. You're, go- you're done. You're done. You are super done. Don't use that excuse. Don't use that excuse. We let them pull their pants down. Sacrifices happen. Remember, the signs are all Trump 2020. General Flynn did nothing wrong, and he is going to help take this over the line. The sacrifices that people have made across the nation ever since being targeted in 2017 when that president took his oath of office is incredible. And they're all going to be vindicated because... Every single one of them that have been targeted, big or small, played their role in making America great again and ensuring that we remain free. On that note, God bless to everyone from all of us at Red State.